God loves you. God loves you today. God saved you because he loves you. Maybe you're thinking, why does this matter today with everything I'm facing, with how tired I am, with how frustrated I am, with how overwhelmed I am by the problems of our world, the um, arguments between friends and family, the difficulties that we are facing that just don't seem to be getting. Why does it matter that God loves us? I want to look at that today. God loves you and it matters because God is your creator, provider, protector, and redeemer. I want to turn to Isaiah 43. Uh, You might be thinking, hey, didn't we uh, talk about this? Yes, in March, we took one Sunday each on the topic of God as our creator, provider, protector, and redeemer. And it is relevant to us today with what we are going through. And I've just in the last couple of weeks really been spending time in praying for each of you and hearing from God uh, through the prophecies, what God spoke to Isaiah. Now, Isaiah's ministry spans 50 years and some of these prophecies, these things that God spoke to him where God is saying, hey, in the middle of everything that you are facing, this is who I am. And this is why it matters. It was spoken to people and it was words that they carried through different seasons of their history. And they had made mistakes and they had brought on themselves problems at times. And at times they were suffering, you know, sickness, disease, different difficulties, economic problems and challenges. And and they experienced great difficulty and they were also changed for the better by the way that God revealed himself to them uh, when they came into relationship with God, who they discovered God to be, it really changed them for the better. It made a difference. And it is why uh, these scriptures are now widely looked at as one of the most important uh, books that's available to humanity today. So I want to take a look at Psalm 43 and I want to read the whole chapter and I want to invite you to just kind of put yourself in, in, into their shoes and realize that there's no discomfort, no challenge, no stress, no difficulty, no disease. There's nothing that we are facing today that is more difficult than what they were facing when they heard these words of love uh, from God. And I just ask, would you please just, you know, um, invite God to speak to you, um, invite God to uh, speak to you through these words. Now, I don't know if you can hear it, but I apologize for my little cricket friend who is happily singing his cricket song um, just out outside the window of where I'm recording. Not inside, thankfully, but uh, in case that's distracting, I apologize. Let's look at Psalm, I'm sorry, Isaiah 43, okay? But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of opposition, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. 
I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours. And that, that was because they were people who had rejected God, rejected God's love. And God had said in another place that he knew that their hearts were set on evil. Because you are precious to me, verse 4, you are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It is I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? What, which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed you to Uh, and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are my witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I draw them beneath the waves and they are drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick, your enemies. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have... Grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grain offerings and, and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant uh, calmus or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the beginning, your very first ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. This is an unbelievable 
chapter of God speaking truth, calling people back into this love, to receive his love and to walk in this committed relationship of love with God. God has uh, revealed himself and we see actually all four elements in this chapter in much the way, same way we saw uh, from uh, Hebrews and Romans and John um, that we looked at, uh, at on these topics back in March. And, and those, by the way, are still available, the notes and the audio at cityharborchurch.com slash messages. But lately, um, you probably have noticed um, cityharborchurch.com with the pastor's daily page where every day I've been posting and um, writing about how God's love is so relevant to us in this journey that we've been reading in the Psalms and reading in Isaiah and those daily posts, the way that all of those things are relevant to what we are experiencing today. And even here, we can take away from this prophecy truths that are relevant to us now. And you might say, well, Pastor Ben, here we are a couple thousand years later and, and we're not Jews. Well, listen, in Isaiah 45, 14 through 25, God makes it clear that um, and that he is drawing people of all nations. And he actually starts with Africa there. He's drawing people of all nations into this very same loving relationship with him. And so everything that is in this chapter is relevant to us today. And I just sensed this week such a, a fresh prophetic touch. In other words, the hand of God, a, 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 a rhema word of God on this chapter and for us. And I want you to receive it. I want to bring us back to this simple focus on God where we're more focused on God than anything else in this world. And what we see in this chapter is that God is saying, hey, here I am. I'm here for you. I am with you. And I am God, your creator. I'm the God who gave you life who brought you into this world, we see in scripture this idea that no matter who, where you have been born and whom you were born into, it is God who is your source of life. God loves you. God who is your creator. You didn't bring yourself into this world and it, that would be beyond your ability. And yet God has welcomed us into this um, opportunity uh, to be able to bring new life into the world in a biological sense. And it is God who has given our whole body, our whole spirit, exactly what we needed to walk in this world. And just in the same way that our own birth was beyond our control, every day of our life is beyond our total control. And that can cause anxiety if we are trying to go through life just out of our own strength. But if we will instead turn to God to rely on God, to walk in the strength of God, it, there's actually a freedom and I'm hoping that today what you sense is a comfort and a reassurance that it is God who is your creator. And that's what he says in verse 7. I who created them. I made them for my glory. As we enjoy God, God enjoys us. God celebrates that and the, the relationship. It is a particular, it is a special relationship. So when you think about God today, when you talk to God today, when you listen to God today, remember God is your creator. God's the one who gave you life and, and um, God is also your provider. 
What we also see here is that not only has God given us life, both natural life, spiritual life, life and opportunity of days in this world, but it's also God that has provided for us. And God has uh, made it possible for us to have food to eat, clothes to wear, a place to sleep, uh, people that are in our lives for relationship, for love, for pleasure, for purpose, and, and also um, to live in neighborhoods where there are opportunities to interact with other people and where there is a chance for us to walk in this world with some purpose. So God has a, a, and any ability you have, any special abilities to, to earn uh, money, those are abilities that God gave you um, start to finish. And last week we prayed about um, spiritual gifts and spiritual opportunities. And man, it was a good prayer time. I'm hoping that you're receiving that in the same way it's God who has provided that for you. So today when we think about God, when we talk to God, when we listen to God, let us be reminded that God is our provider. God is the one who gives us good gifts. God is the one who makes this life possible. And anything that is good in my life, I can go to God and thank him for what he has provided. Now, as I am thanking God for what he has provided, I'm also reminded that God is our protector. We face challenges in this life, um, disease, enemies, um, things in the natural world. There's a number of things that we might face that are beyond our own ability to protect ourselves. We can build shelter and it may protect us from rain. We can... Um, build up armaments to protect ourselves from a zombie apocalypse. There's different things that you might do in your life uh, to try to protect yourself. And yet there are going to be challenges that are beyond your own ability. And certainly in the history of the people of Israel, they had many occasions where there were things that were beyond their own control, where God did miracles to protect them. We see this in the life of David. We see this in the lives of the different kings that Isaiah ministered to. And we see this in a number of different ways. And what we have been doing every week since March is praying also for God's protection as it relates to coronavirus. Listen, God gives us life as a creator, provides for us in this life, and protects us. And what we also see is that there are times where God allows difficulty to come into our life, where where God allows these things to come. And I, I just, I want to say something to us today. Listen, God never wastes a hurt. He never waits, wastes a difficulty. You see in, in 2 Corinthians where Paul writes about their challenges that were beyond their control and how they were a good thing because it helped them realize that they were partially relying on their own strength. And when they turned to God to rely on God completely, it was so much better for them. And so in a sense, going through the difficulty was a good thing. My prayer for you my hope for you is that difficulties that we are experiencing, uh, whether they be financial, whether they be medical, whether they be the over overarching uh, stress and anxiety about coronavirus, about racial justice and, and violence in the streets and, and police brutality or other things or whatever it is that we are experiencing, 
These things can be a blessing if we will allow them to turn our attention to God first and foremost. If we will allow them to cause us to rely on God with all of our strength and not try to do everything in this life, control things in this life out of our own strength. But if we will instead turn to God, rely on God completely, look for God's direction, walk away from a lifestyle of selfishness and choosing our own uh, carnal pleasures and cravings first, but instead turning to God first, to love God first, to thank God first. If we will do that, which is what is being um, presented to us here in Isaiah 43, then we are starting to relate with God as our creator, our provider, our protector. And out of that is going to come a great benefit. No matter what we suffer, if the worst occurs and we die, we pass from this earth, heaven is our home. There is something good that has come out of it. No matter what difficulty we face or need to endure in this life, today, this month, this week, this year, if I'm allowing it to bring me closer in relationship with God, I will be walking in peace. I will have a new level of confident hope. It will be a good thing. It will be a blessing. God loves you. It matters because it is the one true living God who is your creator, who is your provider, who is your protector, and who is your redeemer. It is God who is your redeemer. I want to read a verse to you from Romans um, chapter 3 this morning just to kind of help make sure that we are reorienting ourselves around this truth and uh, living in it and allowing it to really affect how we think and how we feel. Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 24, yet God with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous in right standing, our guilt removed, um, our, our sin removed from us, and our um, new life. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Hey, when we make a decision that we're going to believe Jesus is the way to salvation, we can now have new strength to turn away from our selfish tendencies, to turn towards God. We receive forgiveness. We receive the reality that heaven will be our home. There is a new spiritual life, a new heart that is put within us. There is a new purpose in every day. We get a new sense of identity about who we are, and we can walk in this reality in a truly powerful way. It will change everything about how the difficulties we are facing are impacting us. It is, it's life-changing. You know, over the past month, um, I had an opportunity. I met two different uh, men um, in different situations and different weeks um, who didn't know Jesus, didn't know anything about Jesus. And we actually ended up having kind of some longer conversations. Conversations started off uh, on just, you know, simple, silly things, and then had some longer conversations. And, and it was really good. It was really helpful and meaningful. Um, and as I was praying for each of them um, after the conversations, I was thinking about how and why God wanted me to have compassion for them. And I was reminded that if not for Jesus, 
I would be walking around with the reminder of all the mistakes that I've made in my life. How terrible that would be. I would be constantly self-medicating, doing whatever I can to ease the pain or to try to forget. And, and, and maybe you do forget for a period of time, but then things come back to remind you. And I was, it just really had an impact on me. And so when I prayed for those guys, again, <clears throat> I had a fresh sense of compassion for them to think about the, the, the things they told me about the mistakes that they had made in their life in the past um, and to think about what it must be like to carry those things around all the time, all your life, no relief. Listen, we don't need to do that. We we can bring any of our mistakes to God. Uh, the scripture says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We can be forgiven that the guilt of that can be taken away. The, the damage from it can be repaired. New spiritual life is available to us. God has bought us with a price. So the sacrifice of Jesus, which was so costly... Our sins have been forgiven. Jesus took on himself the curse of our sins when he was on the cross. His sacrificial death paid that price for that redemption. And God raised him from the dead back to life on the third day, proving that he had accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and that we are now redeemed. So think about this. It is God who loves you. God loves you. Why does it matter which God? The God who is your creator, the God who is your provider, the God who is your protector, and the God who is your redeemer. Hey, in Isaiah, in a number of different places, and here in 43, chapter 43, we see God talking about how he is going to make a way through the difficulty that they are facing. Like, carving out a new road and paving the road so that they can walk on it. And I want to just talk about that real quick here from a prophetic sense, because I think it's a mistake for us to try to get back to the way that life was in the past. I'm hoping that we have had enough time to just reflect on the value of life, that life is short, that every day is an opportunity, every day is a gift, and that even if maybe we've been uh, cramped in the same house together, getting on each other's nerves, at the end of the day, we really love the people that are in our lives, and we want to spend time with them, and maybe you've had a chance to not have to do the same kind of activities or commute or different things uh, that you were spending time on in the past. And maybe you've had a chance instead to spend a little bit more time with God. Maybe it's even a little bit more time enjoying some of the things that you enjoy in this life God's given you an opportunity for. But I want us to realize that we are coming into a new season in the natural world, even with all of the difficulty, even with all of the stress, even with all of the strife, with the election year, um, the fires on the West Coast, which certainly affect us with friends and family, the, the um, political unrest, the, the concerns about um, police brutality and, and um, the murders that are occurring, even with all of those things that are occurring, what I hear God saying in this chapter 
is that God is going to make a way. And God tells us these things because he is predicting them so that when they happen, we will know that God predicted them. That's how this works. And when God predicts them, he is giving us an opportunity to be involved with it, to be connected with it. That's a part of the reason for this. And so I just want to draw our attention back here to uh, verse 18. It is the what's happened in the past, including a part of what he referred to was miracles for them that they celebrated. He's like, hey, don't rest on your laurels. Don't just look to the past. You can learn from it, of course. But here's what God is saying in verse 18. But all that in the past, forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. It means God is the one who will make a way where it seems like there is no way. God is the one who's going to make a way for us to live in this life healthy and strong and active, enjoying pleasure, having fresh purpose, having a sense of identity and clarity and community with each other, life-giving relationships with each other. God is saying, I'm going to make a way. And he's talking about rivers. Rivers were sources of life for ancient people, and they still are for us today. Rivers were so very important, but God is specifically saying, I'm going to bring rivers, sources of life, to dry areas, desert areas, areas that have been a wasteland. And the natural environment is going to thank me for it. Even with coronavirus and a change in human behaviors in our natural environment, um, nature experts, scientists, and, and, and a variety of people have seen the way that animals and plants have responded positively to a change in human behavior. Hey, listen, I think that the problems of this year didn't have to be as bad as they were. We definitely have seen some examples of poor stewardship that have made things worse than they had to be. But I want us to take faith. God is our creator, our provider, our protector, and our redeemer. And he's going to do something new. He's going to make a way where it seems like there is no way. He is going to bring life where there is death. He's going to give us an opportunity to participate with it. He's going to give us an opportunity. Maybe it is time for you to do something new. Maybe it's time for you to be faithful to what God has given you to do. Last week, we talked about the importance of wholehearted devotion. If you didn't catch that, please go back and watch that video. It's only an hour. It starts off with the message. There's worship and then a prophetic prayer at the end. Come on. God loves you today. And that matters because God is your creator. God is your provider. God is your protector. And God is your redeemer. And I'm saying to you today, wherever you are and to our City Harbor Church family in particular, God is going to do a new thing. God is giving you an invitation to participate in that. And so I want to encourage you. You might say, okay, so what should we do about this? Well, here's what I'm going to recommend. Number one, pray every day spend time with God and here's what I've been doing lately that has been so helpful I start my morning with a moment of silence where I just focus myself on the one true living God and the reality that because of Jesus I am saved and what that means forgiven made clean relationship restored place in heaven 
And then I spend at least a minute thanking God for my salvation, thanking God the Father for for his uh, work as creator, as provider, thanking Jesus for his sacrificial death, for his resurrection life, for, for an opportunity for me to follow Jesus, and thanking God the Holy Spirit, my guide, my advocate, the one who helps me identify God. In, in each of those ways, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is leading me through. And man, that has been so helpful. So I want to encourage you to pray, spend time with God. And when you do, maybe have a moment of silent reflection. Do the gratitude for salvation, um, which can be number two. Thank God for your salvation. That in your prayer and in your thanking God for your salvation, remember who you are speaking to. Think about that before you speak. God, you are my creator, my provider, my protector, my redeemer. And then receive the love of God. Go back and reread these chapters and look for the action words of what God is saying that he is going to do. It's still relevant to us today. Isaiah 45 says that that's true. It's relevant to us today. This is who God has revealed himself to be. He has not changed. And even in our day of difficulty, God is operating in the same way. This God, God has said, this is who I am. I'm your creator. I'm your provider. I'm your protector. And I'm your redeemer. I hope this has been encouraging to you today. Please allow me to pray for you. God, All of these things are not easy for us to understand or receive, even though they are simple. God, it's so easy for us to be distracted by the challenges that we face or even our carnal cravings. So God, please forgive us for anywhere, any way that we have drifted from our relationship with you. We hear you today calling us back. Please forgive us for our mistakes where we've done the wrong thing or not done the right thing. Please forgive us. Please help us to receive your love, your salvation, your fresh grace grace and strength. God, today we receive your love. We worship you, praise you, thank you as our creator, provider, protector, and redeemer. Thank you for that, God. We thank you for who you are today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I hope that you get a chance to reread this chapter today, um, to pray, spend time with God, and to thank God for your salvation. Grace and peace to you. Have a great day.